Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm and have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. You can get our podcasts here at thetrumpet.com or any place you like to get your podcasts. And that goes for all the programming here on Trumpet Radio. John the Baptist is an interesting uh, figure in the Bible. He was uh, the messenger that prepared the way for Christ's first coming. He had a very important job, and Malachi, the prophet Malachi, wrote about him. He prophesied about what he would do, and we can read about this in Malachi 3 and verse 1. We've got a few passages to look up today, so if you have a Bible handy, it'd be good to get it out, and we could look at these together. John the Baptist was very important, of course, in, in God's plan and what God did. And, and there's a, another person that came along uh, many years later and also ties in very much with what John the Baptist did and had a similar job, but in a bit of a different way. And when we understand these men that we'll talk about today, we understand where we are in terms of Bible prophecy, and we understand that we are getting very close to the return of Jesus Christ to this earth. But let's notice something about John the Baptist here first. This is Malachi 3 and verse 1. It says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the eternal whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, says the eternal of hosts. So John had a part to play in this. He was to prepare for Christ's first coming. When Christ came to this earth as a human being, Right before him, there was John the Baptist, and John was to prepare for Christ's first coming by doing a specific work. Now, that work is talked about a little bit more here in Luke. If we look over at Luke, we pick up another important detail about John the Baptist and his work and and uh, what he was doing. This is Luke 1 and verse 17. Luke 1 and verse 17, it says, And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, and that's Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So John the Baptist had a part to play in this. John the Baptist was a type of Elijah. He was coming and doing this work, preparing for Christ's first coming in the spirit and power of Elijah, as it says there in Luke 1. And John the Baptist prepared the way for Christ's first coming. And he did a fantastic job of that. And Christ really praised him for that and for the work that he did. But there was another man to come to prepare the way for Christ's second coming. John the Baptist came, he fulfilled his role. He prepared for Christ's first coming, and he did that. But then there was a man to come and prepare for Christ's second coming as well. And Christ makes this point himself. And you see this in Matthew 17 and verses 10 and 11. Matthew 17 verses 10 and 11, his disciples, of course, were trying to learn, and Christ was trying to instruct them in a lot of information about the Bible. And and they, they had a lot to learn, so he would try to explain things to them. 
And he's doing that here. And then the disciples had some really good questions for him. In verse 10, Matthew 17 and verse 10, it says, And his disciples asked him, saying, Well, why then say the scribes that Elias or Elijah must first come? So the, the scribes, they knew. They knew the scriptures, and they knew that there were prophecies. I'm talking about Malachi there. They knew there were prophecies that, that Elijah would first come. Now, <laughs> it wasn't going to be Elijah resurrected. It was going to be someone coming and doing a job in the spirit and power of Elijah, doing a similar work. Verse 11, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elias truly shall first come and restore all things. So, and then he goes on to talk about John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist, again, he prepared the way for Christ's first coming, and that work had already been done by the time Christ is speaking here. And he says in verse 11, well, Elijah truly shall first come and restore all things. So while John the Baptist did part of that, there was another man to come. Because there were some things here that are mentioned that John the Baptist didn't do. It wasn't part of his responsibility. There's another man that was to come in the spirit and power of Elijah. And one of the keys here is that Christ said he would be used to restore all things. Now, John the Baptist didn't do that. He prepared the way for Christ's first coming, and he did that job very well. But there is another man to come that would restore all things preparing the way for Christ's second coming. So Malachi gives us another clue about this end-time Elijah, this man that would come in the spirit and power of Elijah in the end time, right before Christ's second coming, preparing the way for Christ's second coming. And we see this here in Malachi 4 and verse 6. It says, And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse, or the curse it could be. So that was a job that he had. We we read there in Matthew 17 that this end-time Elijah would restore all things. Okay, that's something John the Baptist didn't do. And also that he would turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. He would teach about this God family vision. And that is something that John the Baptist didn't do either. He was preparing the way for Christ's first coming. But this end time Elijah, he does some things that are different. He does some things that are different, including restoring all things. Now, not to the world. Christ will do that. We'll we'll look at that in a minute. But all things to the church. And John the Baptist didn't do that, of course. Notice this in the uh, Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence course. This is a free course at the uh, trumpet.com and we encourage you to sign up for it. If you haven't, it's, it's free. and It's a great educational tool. It says, Before the second coming of Christ, a human messenger would be commissioned by God to prepare a spiritual people for God and turn the hearts of the children to the fathers and vice versa. And so again, there's, a, there's an emphasis on family, and there's an emphasis, of course, of the God family, physical family being a type of that. The quote continues, it says, When Christ comes, he will inaugurate a time of the restitution of all things to the world. Restitution means restoring to a former state or condition. Restoring something that had been taken away. 
But Jesus also said the Elijah to come would restore all things. We read that there in Matthew 17 and verse 11. The quote continues, To whom then was Elijah to restore all things? It's <laughs> a great question. Well, to the church. That's the answer. To the church. It is the church that is being trained now to rule with Christ when he returns. In order to be prepared to assist Christ, all things had to be restored to the church now, before Christ returns to rule the world. But what needs restoring? What was taken away and when? Something was, was taken away and it had to be restored. Well, what was that? Well, it's God's government primarily, and there, there are other things with that, but God's government was taken away from the earth at Lucifer's rebellion. And it won't be restored to this earth until Christ returns at his second coming. But it has to be restored to the church first. But let's look at Acts 3 here. This shows us that Christ will restore all things to the earth, the whole earth, when he returns. So things will be different, thankfully, and we need them to be different. If you look at the world today and all the problems and the difficulties, uh, there has to be a solution to those, and man tries different things. You know, different government systems, different ideas. When a, a government system of man is tried and it fails, then usually people come around and say, well, it, it wasn't implemented correctly or else it would have worked, right? You hear that even, even with some of the most... Um, terrible governments in terms of destroying people, you'll still have people say, well, it, w it was a good idea. It just wasn't, you know, implemented correctly. All of that's going to be done away with, thankfully. All of man's attempts to rule himself, which the Bible is clear on, that man can't rule man. And that's something that we're learning through a lot of hard lessons. We're learning that through a lot of uh, sorrow and a lot of blood, ultimately. When you look at the history of man and the wars and the fighting and the violence, you know, can man rule man? Well, the Bible says no. And what does history show us? Also, that same truth, that man can't do it, even though he tries. But notice this great news here. This is Acts 3, verses 19 through 21. It says, repent you, therefore, and be converted. So that's something we have to do, that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. So the world needs a restitution of all things. It needs God's government, which it does not have, because Lucifer rebelled. Satan's a god of this world. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4 talks about that. And, and he rules it. And there's different governments that pop up and so forth. But what's the end result of all of them? You know, division, fighting, war, ultimately. So it has to be changed. And Christ will change it. He'll restore God's government to this earth when he returns. So that's the exciting thing. <laughs> that's the ultimate thing we're looking towards. But there is this end-time Elijah that came along and restored all things. And so that was the job that God gave him, you know, was to restore all things to the church. And he did that before Christ's second coming. And end-time Elijah had to restore the government of God, along with other truths, to God's church. Because, again, the church is being trained today. They're being taught today and prepared 
to help Christ, to assist him in the implementation of God's government when Christ returns. It's very practical. You know, there has to be a training period. There has to be a group of people that are taught how to help implement that government. And that training, that education is being done inside of God's church. The same time Elijah was a man named Herbert W. Armstrong. And that's the man that the correspondence course is named after that we offer. And he was used in this way. He came in the spirit and the power of Elijah, like John the Baptist did, but he was used to prepare the way for Christ's second coming. John the Baptist prepared the way for Christ's first coming. Well, somebody has to prepare the way for his second coming. It was prophesied that would happen. And Herbert W. Armstrong did that, and he did a powerful work. Notice this quote from the correspondence course. It says, Mr. Armstrong produced the World Tomorrow television program. You might remember that which by the mid-1980s was the most widely viewed religious program in the U.S. and was watched by multiple millions worldwide. I remember watching it when I was younger. The Plain Truth magazine, that was his flagship magazine, had a peak international circulation of 8.4 million, was read by about 25 million people each month, and it was translated into six languages and distributed ultimately in about 200 countries around the world. And that's important, as we'll see. Mr. Armstrong, it says, was also founder and president of Ambassador College, which taught its students not only how to earn a living, but also how to live, you know, how to live God's way. Ambassador International Cultural Foundation was the philanthropic arm of his achievements, and they did a lot as well. But notice Matthew 24 and verse 14. Matthew 24, a very important uh, prophecy that Christ gave his disciples asking, you know, what to look for leading up to his return. And verse 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. So we just read there some of those statistics about the World Tomorrow program, the plain truth. You know, the plain truth went to 200 countries. That's, that's a direct fulfillment here of this gospel of the kingdom being preached in all the world for a witness. Not everybody came along and agreed with it, but it was being preached as a witness. It did go around the world. It really did. It made a big impact. It was preached around the world for a witness unto all nations. Mr. Armstrong preached that gospel around the world as a witness. He did that. The fruits proved that he did that. The same time Elijah would do that. And that's what he did. When he died... It was the end of the Philadelphia era of God's church. There are seven eras, and he was in the sixth era. Now we are in the seventh and final era of God's church. We're in the latest scene era, and we have been for a time. And that means that we are very close to the return of Christ and the restitution of all things, including God's government to this earth. It's a super exciting time, but it's an urgent time. And notice what God's people need to be doing today. This is in Revelation 10 and verse 11. Revelation 10 and verse 11. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. See, a prophecy uh, went out, a message of prophecy, a witness, the gospel message and a witness went out along with prophecy about uh, things that would happen in the lead up to Christ's return. That went out and now it has to go out again. 
It has to go out again. The correspondence course says the church is always required to preach the gospel. However, different eras have different emphasis. In the first century, the apostles placed emphasis on the resurrection of Christ since they had been eyewitnesses. And now, as we have learned in in past lessons of the course, as you go through it, it says mankind is about to enter the worst time of suffering ever. There is a, a time of great tribulation that comes right before Christ's second coming. Tribulation and the day of the Lord and Christ's return. It says our commission today is to prophesy again. But the warning also contains the gospel, the good news that after this terrible suffering, Jesus Christ will return to bring utopia to earth. See, we need to understand John the Baptist and what he did. We need to understand that there was also an end time Elijah that came. John the Baptist prepared the way for Christ's first coming. There was an end time Elijah type, Mr. Armstrong, that prepared the way for Christ's second coming. And that shows us where we are in prophecy today. And it gets even more specific than that. And there's a lot you can look at at thetrumpet.com. But in terms of some of the big prophecies you can look at, those things have happened. We, we have gone through you know, the six eras of God's church into this seventh and final era. And God's people right now, those that are faithful, are fulfilling this, Revelation 10 and verse 11, supporting that work, supporting that work that prophesies again. Yeah, it includes the gospel. But there's an emphasis on warning there, too, about these times that we live in. You can see when you look around in this world, there's a lot of upheaval. There's a lot of division. Where is it leading to? It could be pretty scary, right? And it could be very hopeless. And some people feel that way. A lot of people do. And there is reason to be concerned. But there's great hope because of what? Because of the fact that It's all leading to the return of Christ and the restitution of all things to this earth, including God's government, solving, finally solving man's problems, finally getting away from all these difficulties that man just cannot solve, getting away from the corrupt governments and having God's government rule justly and fairly and for the benefit of everybody. Really doing that. That's where things are leading. God's people today are doing this, though. Revelation 10 and verse 11, they're supporting his work today and preparing for that return of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to learn more about Herbert W. Armstrong and the work that he did, you can read Raising the Ruins. That's free at thetrumpet.com. That also shows you then what is being done today by God's people. Also, the autobiography of Herbert W. Armstrong. You can learn about what he did and how, how God used him it's very inspiring. And of course, Mystery of the Ages, that's a, an essential book. There's so much to learn and to study and to look into, and it's all leading to the return of Jesus Christ. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. And really, we're without excuse. These prophecies are there. You can go through and look at them. You can see how they're fulfilled. And of course, you have to have ears to hear. Christ said that too. If you have ears to hear, <laughs> some people don't. But if uh, you're listening to this and you're interested in it, then then certainly uh, please study more into the life of Herbert W. Armstrong and then God's work today and what is being done and how we're preparing for the return of Jesus Christ to this earth. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. Thank you.
You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.